This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Yes, off and running Saturday afternoon. Hey there, you. How's everybody doing? Chilly, snowy Saturday afternoon. I am Gordon Damer. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Hopefully by now, my friends, you've taken care of that Valentine's Day gift. Now, you got a little bit more time, but you can't be doing that last minute. And I say this from experience. I say this as someone who absolutely took care of it at the last minute. Now, I will say I was not alone. We were talking, Larry Hardesty and I, Monday through Friday right here at 98.7 FM at 10 o'clock. We were talking on, I think it was Thursday, and Larry was saying, you know, you can't leave this to the last minute. I'm, oh, yep, yep, you're right, Larry, you're right. And then, of course, I left. That's exactly what I did. Now, I will say this. I did see a guy today on the way to the store clearing snow from his driveway with an axe. So while I did procrastinate, did leave it to the last minute, I can say from personal, I'm not the worst. I'm not the worst. There's always worse. And uh, can you, you know, where's dad? Oh, he's out in the driveway with an axe. All right, probably leave him alone for a little while. But we got lots to do here on a, a Saturday afternoon. Next three hours to do it. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. Of course, the number you know. But how is everyone dealing with withdrawal from the NFL, right? No football on a weekend. No football to look forward to for a very long time. Now, it does make it, I think, somewhat easier that the last football game we saw was downright awful. I mean, like, if the Super Bowl had been really good, if it had come down to the last-minute touchdown, big plays, one-score game, a play late that everybody's talking about, I think you'd miss it even more. Now, you still miss it, but that game, woof, that was terrible. So we'll get into that at some point. But uh, I have still not recovered from how bad that game is. But while we have no football to watch, we have more than enough football to talk about. Five weeks until free agency, 75 days until the NFL draft. You know, there was a time where the offseason of the sport, of the four major sports, the offseason was always owned by baseball, right? The hot stove league all the moves that take free agency, trades, everything. Even when the game wasn't taking place, you always had some buzz surrounding it. It seems like baseball has given that up. And the other two sports, the NBA and uh, certainly the NFL, have certainly picked up on it. And this offseason in the NFL, it certainly seems like is going to be wild with all the talk about the quarterback market and Deshaun Watson's name. But even while that is kind of cooled, at least for the time being, there's the Carson Wentz stuff, the Sam Darnold stuff, the Russell Wilson stuff. The Jets offseason is absolutely wide open. Uh, I guess the Giants offseason, you would say, is a little, well, certainly more clear cut than the Jets. But we'll get into that. But you know what? I wanted to start with today. And it's not something that I get to often to start with at this time of the year. But let's start with your New York Knicks. Yes, the Knicks. Why the Knicks? Well, It's February, and what you can say about the Knicks is they are not hopelessly out of it. Now, I know this season started later this year than than in previous years, but at this point, a year ago, the Knicks were 17-38. and Now, they had played more games, obviously, but they were 21 games under 500, and at 17-38, and it was not like all of a sudden it dawned on you that, oh, you know what, this season's going to be a slog. You knew that this season was going to be a slog way before that. The year before that, they were 11-47. and And they were in the midst, I looked this up, of an 18-game <laughs> losing streak. So it's been a long time, and you'd have to probably go back to 2013 when the last time 
the Knicks were even at this point of the season, at this time of the year, even within shouting distance of being competent. And I think that's the first word when we got into this season, and now we're kind of you know, what, 25 games in or so. I think that's the first word that comes to mind when I looked at this Knicks team as we got into this point is competency. You know, Tom Thibodeau shows what happens when you actually have someone competent as your head coach. Now, I know what you're saying. Well, that's Gordon. That's not really much of a compliment. Oh, yes, it is. Competent is a, is a compliment. Have you seen some of the head coaches in this town the last couple of years? Competency is underrated. Everyone talks about culture, right? Building a culture, guys knowing what is and is not acceptable. I feel like a lot of times that's just competency kind of expanded a little bit beyond it, right? The first step of building a culture is just simply having people in charge who know what the heck they're doing. Because if you don't have that, you really don't have anything. That seems, it shouldn't seem like that. That's a big deal to, to say out loud. But again, given with the, some of the things that we've had to work with in this town over the last few years, it is, I think you do have to say it out loud. Another aspect is, is that you see change with the Knicks this year, I think is accountability. Think about how many moves that have come down from the Knicks, front office moves, uh, the changes into the coaches over the last 7, 8, 10, 20 years, whatever you want to do. And think about how many times you have heard that term, accountability. Someone saying we're going to hold guys accountable, guys are going to hold themselves accountable. And for the most part, it has been just talk. Not now, not with this current team. Now, again, I don't want to get carried away, and I will tell you, some Nick fans are already getting carried away. But I will give credit where credit is due. And with Tibbs, I think accountability is actually a thing. I think that's why you've seen growth from Julius Randle from last year to this year. Uh, players, individual players have already spoken about how the expect, you know, you know what the expectations are from your head coach. Emmanuel quickly has talked about how uh, the, the coach will hold them accountable. And I don't think it's a coincidence that as the talk started to grow about quickly maybe overtaking Alfred Payton in the starting lineup, Payton started to play far better, played more aggressive, played more to what the expectation from the head coach is. I think that comes back to accountability. Now, I am very pleased with the way the season has gone so far. Coming into the year, I did not expect a whole lot. Again, coming into the year, it's kind of maybe easy to forget this now because they have been competent and the coach is holding people accountable. He actually knows what he's doing. But coming into this year, I don't think the expectations were very high. So I'm, I'm pleased with the way things have gone so far. Tonight they play the Rockets. But when you hire Tibbs, you realize it's not going to simply be, uh, you're not going to be content with just some progress or steady progress. And I think that this has been on the radar for a little while, that whenever there is a superstar that is potentially available, the Knicks are going to get floated as a uh, possibility. Now, maybe that's always been the case because <laughs> anytime that there's that disgruntled superstar someplace, Knicks fans want to be involved no matter what the state of the team. If the team is good, they want to be involved. If the team is bad, they want to be involved. They want, they want every big name uh, attached to them as a possibility. Now, the Knicks have proven that until you get something, and I'm saying this is not necessarily the, the worst way to go, because until you can get some, some players in place, some foundation in place, it's been pretty well proven, right? Free agents are not going to come here to be the savior. For all the talk about the Mecca, 
the Mecca does not have any real uh, uh, carrying power when it comes to potential free agents. For all the talk about the Mecca of basketball, nobody is coming here to play at Madison Square Garden unless there's somewhat of a team around them. And when you hire Tibbs as the head coach, unless you just get unbelievably lucky, you're not going to have a high enough draft pick in the lottery to get what you would think is uh, a transcendent player. That can work out, I, I understand. But those two things, it seems like there's less of a possibility of finding star talent that way. So when we come back, 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number, 1-800-919-3776. The names are out there already, right? Because the Knicks have been pretty good, and everybody now, it's amazing, and maybe it's just not the Knicks organization this way, it's the fans are this way as well. All right, now that we're competent, now that we're, you know, kind of within shouting distance of the playoffs, we could make the playoffs this year, let's go find who we can get to take us to the next level. And the names, you know that they're out there. Bradley Beal's name is out there. Uh, to a lesser degree, Zach Levine's name is out there. Victor Oladipo's name has been floated. So there's already, you know, some guys being named, mentioned as potential targets for the Knicks and what the Knicks' approach should be. So we'll get into that coming up. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. 1-800-919-3776. But we got a lot of stuff to get to today. We will touch on the Nets because I heard some, uh, saw some things this week. And you know what I've realized is that, and it shouldn't just be the realization now, is that a lot of people just enjoy being trolls. And it certainly is evident when it comes to uh, the Nets. Anytime the Nets have some struggles. So we'll get into that. we got some baseball stuff to get to. Uh, Yankees Mets with the Seth Lugo news. Lugo's going down because of the uh, the bone spur. So he's going to be lost for a while. And how does that impact what other move? Because the Mets are expected to make other moves, right? Like if you were to ask most Met fans, you know, when you strike out on Springer and you strike out on Brad Hand and you strike out um, on, on other moves, uh, certainly with uh, Trevor Bauer, I think the expectation for Met fans is, yeah, we could still we could still make a move. Chris uh, Bryant's name has been out there. Chapman's name has been out there. So it just kind of uh, maybe th- this news today about Seth Lugo might actually make them focus on what's more important at this point rather than the Chris Bryant's of the world. All right, one eight hundred nine one nine. ESPN is the phone number. Gordon Damer on a Saturday afternoon with you here, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Well, all right, we open with the Knicks, and I said, you know, the terms that come to mind when it comes to the Knicks so far this year, the first one I think that you saw pretty much as the season began was competent, competency, actually putting people in charge that know what they're doing, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you've had the kind of season the Knicks have had here for the last five at least, probably more than that, competency is, is pretty underrated. And then the next one is accountability. So then, of course, now that the Knicks are playing halfway decent basketball, back in action tonight, we'll see if they can get another win against the Rockets right here, uh, 98.7 FM, you know what's going to happen. And it happened even before this. Like, even before you had established competency or, or accountability, uh, the, the names, when they become seemingly available, potentially available, the, the Knicks fan – the Nick, I guess, press are always going to raise them as possibilities. Russell Westbrook, right? Remember that uh, earlier this year? And thank God they didn't do that. That one never made any sense. And after seeing him uh, when the Knicks played the Wizards, I can say I do not regret that one. So, okay, so the names that are, are mentioned right now, 
Uh, Bradley Beal clearly seems like he's potentially available, not happy with Washington. How could he be, right? They're, what, 6-17? and 17. It would be weird if he wasn't. If he was walking around smiling all the time, Bradley, why are you so, ah, just uh, loving life. You know, it would be a little weird if he were happy. But then Zach Levine seems like uh, the Bulls are going to have to make a decision with him fairly soon. Victor Oladipo's name is out there. So let's take them one by one. Beal, for me, would be fantastic, right? Like, obviously, he would be a sensational player to have on your team. And I like to not operate in just black and white terms, so it would obviously depend on what you would have to give up to get Bradley Beal. Like, if push came to shove, there's probably nothing on the roster individually that you would say, no, I'm not going to give that up to go get Bradley Beal. But again... We have to look at this in stages. The Knicks are, it's almost like the Knicks have gotten on a weight loss plan. And they finally have somebody who's not making them eat cabbage soup every single day or, or doing one of these wacky things. They got somebody who's like a nutritionist who actually knows what they're doing and they're going along at a nice pace. And then all of a sudden, as a way of celebrating, Nick fans want to go out to Cheesecake Factory, right? Like they want to just blow it all in one night. So Bradley Beal would be fantastic. I would love to be able to just pick Bradley B. Or if it was like uh, the, the video game, you know, NBA 2K, where you can just, you know, figure out a way, you know, the loopholes to make a deal happen. Make those deals happen. Force the computer to make the deal you want. Yes, we're trading Bradley Beal for Frank Neal Aquino. Done. I did have to laugh. The Post had a headline the other day about, maybe it was just a tweet, that the Knicks have held out uh, Kevin Knox and Frank Neal Aquino so that they can make another blockbuster move down the line after the Derek Rue. Well, <laughs> those are the guys that are headlining the blockbuster deal. Uh, I'm not getting my hopes up. Let's put it that way. But back to Beal. He's a fantastic shooter. I would love to. Now, he doesn't play defense at all. And here's the thing. Like, if you have to, it's almost like when you say, when you bring up the possibilities. Well, I would do it for this or this. And so, well, you're not going to get him for this. Well, okay, then. Then I can't get him. I'm not going to completely now granted Beal is better than anybody the Knicks currently have and he might be better at his peak of his career than anybody that's on the Knicks roster at the peak of their career right like if RJ Barrett ever turns out to be as good as Bradley Beal that would be fantastic but I can't scrap the entire team and give up whatever it will take to get Bradley Beal if the price is exorbitant because then I'll bring Bradley Beal here, and he's in the same exact situation that he's already in. I mean, how many playoff games has Bradley Beal been in? So it would be great to be able to just pluck him off the, the roster of the Wizards, put him on the Knicks. And I'm sure that there is some form of a deal that you would find acceptable if you're a Knicks fan, where you don't have to turn down, you know, tear up the entire roster, trade away all the assets that you've already required simply to get Bradley Beal. But I don't think that that's going to happen. Zach Levine is kind of the same way. Now, he's a little bit younger. He, I think he probably plays even worse defense than, uh, than, than, than Beal. And again, Levine, as good of a player as he is, has he even played in a playoff game? I, I don't think he has. So I, I get it. Like, you want to improve the roster in the here and now. When you, hi when you hire someone like Tom Thibodeau, you realize that that is going to be the, the approach. It's never going – like, that gets back to the competency, right? Like, if the Knicks hired Tom Thibodeau – and you're a Knicks fan who wanted them to just, ah, you know what, just have another lottery season, get back into the lottery and see where – that was never going to happen. So that comes back to just what sheer competency is. So uh, I don't think that any of these guys are going to be 
if it were me, I don't know that I would be tearing up my team to go get any of the uh, – even uh, Aladipo to me is even further down on the list because the guy's always hurt. He's a little older than the other two. But I do think that the Knicks brass, that their approach is going to be to build this by making one of these trades. Now, I'm thankful it was not the, the Russell Westbrook one. I don't know if it's going to be a Bradley Beal one if he is actually potentially available or Zach Levine, but I do think it's – I think that they are itching to add talent to the roster, even if it means uh, to a certain degree short-circuiting whatever the potential uh, ceiling would be for the, the current roster, right? Like rather than, hey, you know what? Let's take a year. Let's develop what we have like you are right now and see where we are at season's end, or at least a lot closer to March, is it March 25th, March 26th, whenever the trade deadline is. I think that they are, they, they are looking at it in terms of making a move sooner rather than later. If I were them, I would be holding back. I, I don't feel the need. I am very, as a Knicks fan, I'm very content with the direction of the team, and I don't feel like I have to push all my chips into the center of the table, which it would seem like for Bradley Beal, a player of Bradley Beal, I think you would have to do. I think you would have to do. And I think part of that is why there might be a more of a press is because Julius Randle has played as well as he has and has been such a surprise this year as opposed to last year that maybe they, they look at it as a sell-high situation. Now, you don't have to do anything, right? His contract, you still have him for another year next year. And you would think that, you know, based on just how things are going, it might be better to put off that decision until next year. I don't get the sense that the Knicks have that type of patience. But we'll see. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number, 1-800-919-3776. Let's go out to the phones. We'll start things off. Artie is on Long Island. Artie, what's going on, my man? How you doing? Everything's well. Everything's well. Um, I just want to just get out the way. I love what the Mets are doing, and Mets. I love how the Giants look for next year. That's first of all. <laughs> okay. Well, but, um, you love what the Mets are doing? As, what, you mean like in the last week or two or just overall? I'm talking about overall, um, as far as our signings, we look great. I mean, we're looking, once we're looking even close to similar to the Yankees, we're doing great in my book. You realize you, know you did not I mean? get because Springer, we, Bauer, or Brad Hands, right? You, they didn't get those. I know that they were seeming like they were going to, but they did not get any of those things. I, I understand that, okay. but we're bringing back a lot of guys that are young and in reaching, going into their prime or in their prime. Okay. So I, I like how we look. I mean, we got talent. We got talent that's undeniable as far as any true. of the major league, of the major league baseball teams could tell. And they look at us, they see fear. They, they get fear when they see fear. us. And they that's all we need. You realize the Mets finished in the last place last year. <laughs> I do, but I'm a, I'm a long-time Mets fan. Um, you right. know, I'm going back to Hojo. I'm going back to Hojo, and you know what I mean? So I, I, I put the faith in my pitchers, like we all are supposed to. And we got studs on our pitching staff, so I can never fail when it, when it comes to our pitching. But I did call to speak about the Knicks. I'm not going to lie. I'm okay. going to say that Bill, a Bill signing would be so gigantic. And me personally, I give up bullets and knocks and however many first-round picks just for the amount of offense that he brings. And I think Tibbs can teach him. You know, I don't think Oladipo is good. He just got hurt the other day. Yeah. I see Zach Levine. He won't be available because the Bulls think they can make a push. When it comes to everything else, I think it's tools goal when it comes to, to Peyton because I think that 
he's going to go back to his normal routine soon. And I don't want to see Tibbs have to be under fire for leaving him in. If you can't see him starting next year, you got to take him out at least before the playoffs. If we're going to intend for the playoffs, you got to take him out of the starting lineup before the playoffs come because he's going to be a detriment, I see, at some point. Uh, the young boy quickly has to learn how to deal with other big point guards by being in the starting lineup. He'll see how much weight he has to put on and how bigger he has to get by being out there. I think that if, if Tibbs is not going to start Peyton next year, you got to get him out of the starting lineup at some point. He's going to have to make a decision. Well, I mean, look, I think that he likes what he and, – and, and thanks for the call, Artie. When it did seem like that they might have been a push, not necessarily from the team, but certainly from fans, to see quickly start and, and Peyton move to the bench, Peyton has played better since that point. He's played more aggressive. He's played more like, uh, like Tom Thibodeau would want him to play. So, uh, you know, playoffs are a long way off. So let's not – you know, I'm, I think it's almost too much to talk about the trade deadline, which is more than a month away. So uh, the playoffs, let's, uh, you know, let's, I, I don't know. I always feel like, why do we have to rush it? Like, you know, like some people, they go on vacation and they have to have every single minute planned, every little activity planned. How about we just enjoy the moment, right? Can we watch a sunrise? Can we watch a sunset? That's the way I feel with the Knicks. Can we just kind of bask in where they're at right now and the fact that, Things seem like they're pointed in the next direction. It always feels like we got to jump ahead. No, we got another activity plan. We got to we got to go see a big bowl of yarn. I don't know. I, I don't feel like there's that nest that necessary need to to press ahead like that. Spike is in Jersey. Spike, what's going on, buddy? Hey, good to get you when the when the, the sunny out, not sunny or cloudy out, fly out. Listen, I, I've analyzed this thing up and down every which way from Sunday. Bradley Beal's a stud. He's, a, he's an assassin. He's something we haven't had. Julius Randle, uh, never my favorite player. I always thought he was a numbers hanger, but I watched him carefully. Uh, you know, I watch every dribble, and he's had a career year, no question about it. Uh, the numbers are going to dictate a $30 million salary. We got him signed through this year and through next year. So we don't want to renegotiate that thing. So what do you do? Uh, even up, you do it without a blink. You got to give a little more. Alfred Payton is uh, the definition in the basketball dictionary is backup point guard, and there's Alfred Payton's face. He's there. He gets to, he's amazing to me. I can't figure him out. He plays good defense. He penetrates. He gets to the middle of the floor, and he misses those bunnies. I, I, I just misses so many layups. Uh, he tries hard. He's just not a shooter. So at best, he's a backup. R.J. Barrett is just, he's very hard. He's really uh, hard to figure out, up and down, up and down. He makes mistakes. He seems to follow Julius Randle being left-handed and bullying his way in. They're both strong guys. Uh, he can't shoot. He just is not a good shooter. Will he develop? I don't know. You know how it is, Gordon. You've watched basketball for many years. If you don't shoot, Clyde said it. Alfred Payton came in the league seven years ago. He couldn't shoot. He still can't shoot. But there are other things to put a team together. What we did this year, and, and, and you and I have talked for so many years, and it's been such a pleasure, and I'll call you from Florida. It, it, the bar's low. We got a low bar. We have Leon. We have William Wesley. We have Tom Thibodeau. We have improved that. I don't even want to mention the other names because I'll probably eat in a few hours. 
Look how we improved the front office. You'll give me no argument there, correct? No, no. I, I mean, okay. again, even if the, even if if competency is the the ceiling, right? Like it, we've seen that already. We already know that they have that. It's a massive improvement over what they massive, had massive. Now like, here, like here's before, my issue. They and, had a and, guy and who, I wish who yeah, cleared out cap space for free agents that never even met with the Knicks. I mean, like, that, yeah, that's I, what I, we're talking I, about. I, 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 I understand all that, and 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 the people that think, and I'm I'm never critical of anybody. I, mean, I never, it's not my style. But to watch Dallas and hope you get that pick, they're going to jail in a while. It's they're, gonna, they're not going to get a lot of pick out of that. That's just my opinion. The thing, the thing, I, Mitchell Robinson, and I never want to hurt, hurt anybody when they're down. Never was my favorite because I didn't see much improvement. He's a good defensive stopper. The other team stopped going to the other side of the floor. He never developed anything offensively, and I feel bad he broke his hand because he's really having his best game of the year last night. We got rid of all the. Stuff at the end of the bench. The Dennis Smith Juniors. Uh, the, the, the Kevin Knox, we realize, is never going to be a player. A nice kid. Uh, we got rid of all that stuff at the end of the best to be polite on the radio. So we're down to a core of about eight guys. So you make your move now. Uh, you don't have to put all your chips in the middle of the table because here's what here's I told Jacob. If you if if you take Bradley Beal off of Washington, they win 10 games. If you add him, they win 18 so they're not going anywhere. They got to right, rebuild. Re- right. I mean, it's, so, it's always going to so, depend on what the price tag is for a player like Bradley Beal. Like, and Spike, thanks for the call. I mean, it, it to me, I know Nick fans want it to be black and white. This guy's available. Oh, do anything to get him. This guy. Oh, I don't want him. I don't care what it costs. Like, it's going to depend on what the cost is. And I would think if you're Washington and and you really don't have that much on the roster to begin, I mean, they're in a terrible situation. Beal, they're going to hold out for a big time deal. And if you're the Knicks, I don't think that they're at that stage yet where you have to unload everything, draft picks, players, to go get a guy like Bradley Beal. Again, I would love to have him. He would be an improvement. There's no question about that. And his ceiling right now is is probably higher than any player's ceiling that's on the Knicks currently. But that doesn't mean that I have to all – I mean, isn't that kind of what you did with the, the Carmelo Anthony thing, right? Like you, you, you packaged all these players together to go get the super – and Carmelo was a, was a better player than Beal. And, and, and you brought him here. You had a little bit of a run, and then it, it imploded. So I think that you have to take the – I know it's not what Nick fans want to hear about taking the smart long-term play – but this is step one of the rebuild, and this is not what was that show? Uh, Extreme Makeover House Edition or whatever Home Edition. That's not. This is not that. Yeah, it's going to take a little while. It's going to take more than 26, 27 games to now say, okay, let's hit the warp speed and let's go and, and give up everything to go get Bradley Beal or or Zach Levine. One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven. Seven six coming up. We'll get more of your phone calls involved. We'll touch on the Nets because did you see that James Harden sat down with Rachel Nichols and apologized for how things went down in Houston? That's the that's the headline of the story. That's the main takeaway of the story. The only problem is he did not apologize at all, unless the word apology means something completely different now than it used to. At least according to Webster's Dictionary, what James Harden did was not an apology. So we'll get into that coming up. Oh, my goodness. Gordon Damer, 
FM, ESPN New York, 1-800-919-ESPN is the uh, telephone number. Of course, we've been talking a lot about the Knicks. Why? Because it's February and the Knicks season still has some relevance. Usually in February, by this point, it's just a slog. It's just, oh my, you're already, how are the ping pong balls going to go? Not this year. Now, they're not in the playoffs per se as of yet, and uh, I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of work to do, but at least it's nice to be able to plop down on the couch on a random night and watch them play, even even a halfway decent team. And and you don't know going in, oh God, this is going to be brutal. This is just going to be a disaster. You can have some expectations of, all right, I'm expecting Julius Randle to play pretty well. I'm expecting this. I'm expecting a lot of defense from the team. I'm expecting trying. I'm expecting effort. I'm expecting some level of execution where you're not just shaking your head by the time the third quarter gets underway. So that's that's a massive improvement on where it's been. Now, I, I understand that Nick fans want to see more. Let's do more. We have to do more. I do think that you have to take this in stages. And if, there, if, if it does turn out that Bradley Beal gets traded someplace else or uh, Zach Levine gets moved, that's the thing. And it was the thing when it was Russell Westbrook's name that was being mentioned. If you make the deal for that guy, well, the assets you gave up for that guy, you don't have any assets next time. Like the next time a name, and that's the thing about the NBA. These, these I don't, superstar, I don't know is the right necessarily term, but star players do become available fairly often. And it does seem like the Knicks' approach is going to be to build this up with what they have, you know, stockpile assets where you can, make smart moves like the Derrick Rose one I thought was a very smart move. It looks, I mean, he looks fantastic. I didn't think he would look this good, but he's looked fantastic. But I do think that before too long, they are going to make a major push to make some sort of trade to bring in a a big-time talent. I just don't know if you necessarily have to push for that right now. Now, uh, in terms of the Nets, and we'll get back to the phones in just a sec. I did have to uh, laugh. The other day, Rachel Nichols had an interview with James Harden. And he talked about how things went down in Houston. And this is, do you have the cut? This is what he had to say. This is him. This was billed as, this is an, he's apologizing for how things went down. Here's James Harden with Rachel Nichols. I don't like it at all. Because <laughs> um, that's not who I am. The, the drama, the, the extra, whatever you want to call it. Um, the negativity for me, I don't really you know, like negative energy. It's draining. So I don't like how it necessarily happened. I feel like it could have happened a lot smoother, a lot easier. You know, it is what it is. I wasn't trying to be disrespectful. I wasn't trying to be selfish. I feel like the front office you knew, you know, where I stood and, and what I wanted. Apologize for how it, you know, it went down, but I guess I had to do what I had to do in order to, you know, get to where I wanted to go. You know, credit to Houston. You know, they, they didn't necessarily have to trade me to Brooklyn. You know, they could have traded well, me anywhere. Uh, for how but it those are some stand-up but guys I guess over I there. I had to do what I had to do in order to get to where I wanted to go. You can't apologize but not be sorry. That's not the way the word – those two words kind of go – they're kind of synonyms, no? If you apologize for something, you're sorry about it. And he's telling you – yeah, I apologize for how it went down, but I guess I had to do what I had to do in order to get to where I wanted to go. And he can say, well, you know, I wasn't trying to be selfish. I wasn't trying to be disrespectful. But that's exactly what you were. You said, I want out of here. Trade me out of here. I can't win here. I'm done here. And that's what you forced their hand to do. It would be like, say, well, you know, I'm really sorry for, for, for robbing you or robbing the bank. 
But if I didn't do that, I wouldn't have the money. And I really like money. So I'm, I didn't mean to be disrespectful. Uh, I didn't mean to, to, uh, to, to be selfish. But I really like money, and I want that money. You can't apologize and, not, <laughs> and also not be sorry. That's not the way it works. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. We've got to uh, Matt is in Queens. Matt, what's going on? Good, af- good afternoon, Gordon. Uh, nice to speak with you. As, as far as the Jets are concerned and Donald, the combination of you know not knowing how good he, if he's really going to be any good, along with the money you have to offer him and the cap coming down, it just mitigates against him. So I think one plan for the Jets I haven't heard people talk about is you know you trade him, you draft a quarterback, but you bring in a veteran or even keep Flacco if he's still here. I don't know if Flacco's still here. And follow the Kansas City model. Draft a guy, let 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 the new coach build his build his you know culture. The new quarterback can sit for a while. If it turns out after six or seven games in practice, they honestly feel the guy can go in. Then you put him in, and that's it. Well, the problem with that, Matt, is is that Kansas City had like a good team built up around. You know, like they had been a good team for a little while when they had Alex Smith in there. So that made the transition a little bit easier. I think it's, you know, even if everything were to go really well this offseason and you nail your picks and you nail free agency, it's going to be hard for me to envision a scenario where I expect the Jets to be better. I don't know necessarily that I expect them to be like a playoff caliber type team next year. So then you're taking, you know, yeah, like you're talking I mean, about the financial parts of it. You're, you're sitting the rookie quarterback for a full year, which like that's part of the, the benefit of having the young quarterback is he's not making a whole lot of money and you can spend that money other places. And now you're burning that first year intentionally. Yeah, but you're also going to have a veteran quarterback that, um, you know, if you bring, if you bring a new quarterback in the second year, you can dump that veteran quarterback and just get, you know, any kind of, you know, backup and just pay that guy a little bit of money too. And you still have time. And then the cap is going to increase because once COVID is over, the cap is going to come right back. Maybe not the upcoming year, but the next year and a couple of years after that, the cap is going to shoot right back up. So the extra money is going to be there. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily disagree with and Matt. Thanks for the call. I don't necessarily disagree with, yeah, if you bring in a veteran quarterback or it could be Flacco, you know, somebody to kind of show whoever you take at two the ropes. If that's the, if that's the road you're going to go, I just don't know if, you know, what is the Kansas city model? Uh, I feel like I, I just had to say that. I don't know that the net, that the jets can follow the Kansas city model because Kansas city, again, was a pretty established talented team so they could ride with you know Alex Smith for a while and keep you know if you're win- if you go and you have a veteran quarterback right and you have a good team yeah you can keep a guy like Patrick even Patrick Mahomes on the bench for a little while longer because you're having success if you're the Jets and you take a quarterback at two and they go into next year and there's some improvement but it's not massive right they're, they're not a nine win team they're kind of like a five win team and you're going through the season and you know, you're three and seven at some point, people are going to be screaming and yelling to see the young quarter. Like, what are we doing? Why are we wasting time? Let's get if it's Zach Wilson or Justin Fields or whoever it is. We got to get this guy in there and, 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 and let's see what he's got. That's just what the expectation is now when you draft a quarterback at, uh, at number two, at number two. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. Let's go to, is it Angelou in uh, Maplewood? Angelou. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for taking the call. Thanks, man. What's up? 
All right. So as far as the Jets, because I was going to mention the Knicks, because I think the Knicks and the Jets juxtapose a little bit. They seem they're very similar um, in where they are. I I don't want to give up four first rounds. I love Watson. I would love to have him. At the same time, we have a chance. I, I have an administrator. I have a front office now that I actually trust, and I, and I don't know how long I have been not been able to say that. And the same with the Knicks. I don't want another. Like I love Carmelo, but I I didn't want to trade for him. No. You got rid of everybody. What did we get with Carmelo? What did we get with Dice or Big Baby? I mean, right now we have a slew of first-round picks, and, and right now is when they're actually valuable because they could be anything. And the Mavs aren't doing well. You want to you give up this pick that uh, could potentially be a top three, two, one pick. You'll want to kill yourself if you're a Knicks fan again. We finally got these picks. Yes, I don't care if it's six years. I like watching these guys. The, the stadium is going to be packed, packed. Once this is done, even with I like watching these kids. I listen to them on the radio. I never did that before. They're fun to watch, and they're, they're going to be fun. Barrett is 20 years old. You're going to give him up? You don't know what this kid could be. He he got much better from last year. He's shooting. Stop! I don't want to do this anymore. If they if they got this team, what are you going to have? You're going to have the Wizards see, I, in New York. Well, look, Angela, and that and that kind of gets back to the point of like what what what's the price? Uh, and I would think that if you're bringing in it's like say let's much. just say for argument's sake Bradley Beal. I think that the part what yeah. you're doing is you're bringing him in here to kind of build a young core with him quickly, R.J. Barrett, and I, I don't know maybe maybe another piece, and that the deal would have to center I think just money wise it would have to center around Julius Randle, some picks, and maybe Mitchell Robinson or something along those lines. Um, I, I can understand yeah. I mean, the appeal to push get... for that. I wouldn't be in favor of it, but I could understand why it seems like the Knicks brass. Work. Other teams have these big stars that they get mid-round. I mean, like now we have like five, six picks in the next three years, get, let's, and we have a, a competent um, front office. Let's give it a shot. These kids are doing well. Yeah. We never thought they were going to be this good. They're fighters. And on top, but can I make one point sure. on the Watson contract? I constantly hear on ESPN, and I'm really okay. it kind of aggravates me, and um, it. I'm sick and I don't want to hear people tell me about Watson quitting on the team. The NFL hid TBIs, CTEs for years, intimidated witnesses, did not let them out. These Jerry Jones still talks about how CTE has no direct evidence. Sci- the science is still not out on, on CTE in football. Give me a break. These owners would cut their throat and let them die. These guys die early. As far as I'm concerned, and I'm a Jet fan, when Revis was doing this, get what you can. They don't owe you anything. We don't owe you. Don't owe us anything. You guys deserve every dime you got of any sport. These guys are injured for life. Do whatever you can to make your money because these owners would let you drop dead right there. Oh, look, Angelo, and, th- and thanks for the call. I mean, it's not really a direction I want to go, but no. I, in, in football, you know, the term contract, the word contract, doesn't really mean what generally a contract means. I mean, it's not, I know the line's been used before, but it's the, the, the contracts in the NFL are not worth the per- paper they're printed on, right? Because it's like at any point, if the team wants to get rid of you, they pretty much can. Whereas in other sports, you have the, you know, your contract is guaranteed. Even if the team cuts you, you're still, you know, baseball, basketball, you're still going to uh, make your money. Now, I think the Watson situation is, is different. Again, you know, it's a shades of gray. Like Russell Wilson complaining to the Seahawks, I don't have as much... Of, I'm not as in, in, in support of him being able to force his way out if that's what he wants to do, as I do Deshaun Watson, because it seems like Deshaun Watson was directly lied to by the team owner. And it seems like there is a level of dysfunction there 
that does not really exist anywhere else, if anywhere else. It seems like every single day you're learning out more about the, uh, the, the, the Texan situation, people that are leaving the organization, it seems like, in droves. So I'm, I'm more of in support. And at really, I'm honestly, it has nothing to do with the fact that the Dolphins might possibly be <laughs> one of the destinations for Deshaun Watson. So I can understand why. Uh, that one, I think that at least he has a case to be moving on, whereas Russell Wilson, to me, uh, it's not one that I'm like, yes, he, he deserves to get every single dollar. I mean, there is some level of agreement when you get paid with the team, even with the NFL being as screwed up as it is with the contracts, where there is an expectation that you're not just going to leave town at the drop of a hat. one 800 espm one 800 Coming up, we'll get into some more football. We'll get into the Jets, the offseason that is, because boy, oh boy, the, the, I, you talk about an offseason that is wide open, and it feels like, right, we're what, 75 days away from the draft. It feels like we've already spun the wheel a few times about this is going to happen, that's going to happen. So we'll get into where things stand as uh, we are right now on February 13th. And again, the plan is always subject to change. So we'll get into that coming up next. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, boy. Busy first hour. All the Knicks you could possibly handle. And uh, we're just getting warmed up. 1-800-919-ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. So let's get a little into the Jets as well because uh, they are, I mean, I I say it every time. When you talk about running a show, you look for the topics that you feel like you have to hit on. And the Jets, it's amazing. They provide so much material. It's like you go to the, 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 the orchard outside, and every day you pick the fruit off the tree. The Jets tree, for some reason, it's able to provide new, fresh fruit every day. So, And this offseason is going to be, I mean, it's as wide open as it possibly could be. Think about already. We've had all the Deshaun Watson stuff. Sam, is he going to stay? Is he going to go? The second pick in the draft, what do you do with that? Is it a quarterback? Which quarterback is it? So it's it's wide open. And and really, this is the thing about the Jets. And and I understand for Jet fans who are still kind of Sam Darnold truthers, that they want to see them, you know, let's, let's put a team around them. I do think that both Joe Douglas and probably ownership to a certain extent feel responsible for not providing their franchise quarterback with a more functional unit to work with over his first three years in the league. And that that possibly, I think, could, could factor into their decision of, you know, if we maybe do just, you know, you can always fool yourself, right? That, well, you know what? He's had these moments. So if we could just kind of boost up the offensive line and provide him some weapon, you know what? Maybe he's still that guy. I think that what it comes down to, and I've been saying this for a while, is – Considering the financial ramifications of having to pay him eventually and, and the fifth-year option being, what, $23, $24 million, I think for all parties concerned, it's best if the Jets move on this offseason from Sam. Send him someplace where he can get a fresh start. The Jets, with the second pick in the draft, they get a fresh start. And with that second pick in the draft, it's very, very simple. It's either you draft a quarterback at two or – if you don't like any of the quarterbacks, you don't love Zach Wilson, you don't love Justin Fields, okay, find a team that does. Find a team that loves those guys and are going to give you draft picks, draft ammunition, draft capital, whatever term you want to use, that is going to boost up your war chest. 
Because let's say the Jets don't, well, it's easy. If they love Zach Wilson, draft him. That's your quarterback. Okay, fresh start. You trade Sam someplace else, and, and away you go. If you don't love any of the quarterbacks, and you're going to bring Sam back, okay, fine. Tra- don't draft a lineman. Don't draft the receiver. You move down. You get more draft picks to go with. So if in a year from now you find yourself in the same situation that you're in right now, you've added, you've added parts of the offensive line. You've found a receiver. You've found the running game. Maybe you added a pass rusher for the first time since John Abraham. You do all those things, and Sam still looks like the same Sam. Okay. Well, next year, not, it's not ideal, not an ideal situation, but next year you're in the draft and you still have all the draft picks you could possibly use so that if there is a guy next year that you love, you can go get him. If you're not, you know, say the Jets are 5-11 and 11 or 6-10 and 10 and they're sitting with the ninth, 10th pick, but there's a guy at 3 that they really love, well, now you'll have all the ammunition you need to go up and get that guy at number 3. I think it's very clear cut. I know that there's a ton of options available, including Deshaun Watson, which feels like, that is going to take a while. Like, my, my thing about this has always been it would be great for any team, right? If you're the Jets, if you're the Dolphins, if you're the Seahawks, whoever, uh, 49ers, whatever team is, is out there is going to get involved. It would be great to have somebody like him. He's already established as a franchise quarterback. He's 25 years old. But the, uh, the, the problem is how, he's all in, right? Like, he's made it clear he's all in. He's not going to – the reports are he will not play again for the Texans. The problem is – while he does have leverage, he doesn't have the ultimate leverage right now to prove to them that he is not going to play for them again. They can just kind of take the approach of, well, he can say that. But until tra- training camp's not around the corner, games are a mile away from ever happening, so there's no real repercussions f- to, to force them to move him at this point. Now, it might be different for another player, but I also think the thing with Watson is, he does kind of have a reputation to uphold. Like, he's not a guy, I don't think, from what I know, that he's going to do whatever it takes to force his way out of town. I don't think that he's going to make a, a public scene. I don't think he's going to hold the interviews and air all the dirty... I think he, he holds himself above that. I think he does kind of hold a certain level of pride that he's not going to get down in the muck and the mire like you see some athletes who want out of town and will do whatever it takes to force the team's hand. I don't think that he'll approach it that way. So it does kind of make it seem like this this is going to go on for a little while because the Texans, now they can say that they're never going to trade him and they don't want to trade him. You say that up until the moment you trade him. But I do think that there's no real benefit for them at this point. Maybe when we get closer to the draft, maybe it'll become more apparent to them that they do need to move on. But at least right now, I don't think that that's really – a, uh, a realistic happen, a realistic shot of happening anytime soon. So if you're putting your plans in place and it does happen that the Texans call you, whatever team you are, and they say, all right, Deshaun's available, what, what's your offer? All right, fine. Then you, then you change the plan. But I don't think that that can be your plan if you're the Jets or the Dolphins or the Niners or any of these teams. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Let's go back to the phones, shall we? Let's go out to, uh, let's see here. Uh, Matt is in uh, Westchester. Matt, what's going on, my man? Hey, Gordon, great show, and I also have noticed the quality of the calls have been awesome today. I was going to say something about Emmanuel Quigley IQ, but uh, what I want, what I, since you're talking about the Jets now, all I want to say is that you got to build through the draft, just like the Knicks were in a great position. we got a lot of draft capital, just like the Cowboys in the, in the late 80s, just like all the best teams do. We have an opportunity right now to draft some great offensive linemen, um, 
I'm not. I, I'm open to the idea of keeping Sam and surrounding him with better offensive line talent, maybe bringing in a receiver. But the idea of just mortgaging the future, like they the Knicks did with Carmelo Anthony, the idea of the Jets doing that now for Deshaun Watson, I think, is a horrible idea. The Texans were a four and twelve team last year with with Deshaun Watson. So is that what we want to be? I don't know. I just don't well, get Matt, it. Matt, I would just say I don't think you have to mortgage the future because you have so much uh, built up in reserve. Like if you wanted to, if they want three number one picks, and even a player, and even more than that, you have four picks over the next two years. Number one picks over the next two years. You have, what is it, $70 million to spend in free agency this offseason. And you're getting a 20, you know, this is not Russell Wilson. If Russell Wilson were the story, I would say you're right. The Jets would be wrong to go down that road because he's at 32 or 33, whatever he is. Deshaun Watson's 25. He's only three years older than, than Sam Darnold is. That's true. But you know what? If they make this deal and they give up the three, the three first-round draft picks – and potentially a player. I mean, no way should they get rid of Quinn and Williams. But if they give up a player, then they're going to be. They're still going to be a team that's going to be two or three years away. I mean, I don't think Deshaun. I don't know but why they, in but, the but world they're two, th- they're, they're two or three years away anyway. They're probably way more than two or three years away right now. I don't think they're that far away. I, I think that they they're just the second need to get worst a couple team in football. <laughs> I, I guess I have I, – I, I don't know. I just like the, uh, Angelo's call before. You know, we have Joe Douglas. He had made a couple of good draft picks last year. Not amazing, but a couple of good ones. And it's like this is how the best teams are built. Look at Patrick Mahomes. You can have the best quarterback in the league, and it, if you don't protect him the right way like the Chiefs did it in the big game, it's just – it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter who the quarterback is. Build the team the right way. Draft the next Nick Mangle. Draft the next DeBrickishaw Ferguson. That's how the Jets got to the AFC Championship games in the first place. I don't know why more people are not talking about this. You know, we all love stars, but, like, enough of this. Like, build the team the right way. If Joe Douglas has the goods, this is the perfect chance to show it. Well, Matt, look, I I would agree with you to a certain degree, and and thanks for the call. I would just say that, you know, you're saying build the right way. No one is saying that if you get Deshaun Watson, that's all you have to do. I'm not saying – I don't think anybody is saying, well, if the Jets get Deshaun Watson, wrap wrap it up, guys. We're all done for the day. We've gotten everything that we need. No, that's the – but that's the first thing you got to get. The first – you've been looking for the quarterback – for 50 years. Now, I will admit, and I said this the day that it happened, it seems like a strange thing, that report, that Watson's number one team on the list was the Jets. That, that always seemed weird to me. That, like You're like, you know what? I can't take these Texans anymore. They're too dysfunctional. There's too much. The team is terrible. I can't take it. You know who? Get, get on the phone? The New York Jets. Like It always seemed like a weird pairing there. But if it turns out that the Texans call you, and they say, you know what? Watson's available. We need three first-round picks and Quinn and Williams. And you're going to say, no, we can't give up Quinn and Williams. The number one thing that every team is looking for is the quarterback. Now, it's not the only thing on the shopping list, but it's the number one thing you got to find. And as great as Zach Wilson might be, the, as great as you think Sam Darnold could be, or Justin Fields, or any of these guys, you don't know any of them are going to be it's a very long shot that any of them are going to be as good as good as Deshaun Watson already is. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. And again, 
I'm saying this as someone who does not want the Jets to get Deshaun Watson. I hate the Jets. I'm a Dolphin fan. I want them. Keep Sam Darnold. Sign him to a five-year contract for whatever you can. $150 million. Do that. I'll be happy. I'll dance. I'll dance. I'll celebrate. I'll be happy. But if I were the if I'm putting myself fairly in their shoes, I don't, I don't see how you get if the Texans call you and say, all right, we're open to, to terrains, I don't see how you get off that phone without coming to yes. I just don't see it. Let's go out to uh, Danny is in Centerport. Danny, what's going on, my man? Hey, Gordon. Uh, just uh, wanted to tell you I miss you in the mornings, man. We miss oh, you. I appreciate that, Danny. And, uh, and just think about it. Your, your day would be over if you were still in that spot. You got your hour in and you're out. Just like I, that. But I, I'll we... say this. You, you know, I haven't sat in traffic in a very long time, but that was one of the beautiful things about that hour. You know, you go in, you never Absolutely. hit any traffic going in, and you never hit any traffic going home. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, Gordon, you just answered exactly what I was going to come on and say, okay? It just, I, I just want to get my point of question and ask you a question that you just literally answered before you put me on. There's no way in God's good earth do you let this guy go if the Texans are willing to, to get it. I understand what your last call is. Believe me, I'm a 40-year season ticket holder, Gordon. I've called you plenty. There is nothing I have not suffered through. There's nothing more that I have to die more of, of being a 40-year season ticket holder. I've seen it all. There is no way in God's good earth you let him go. If they're willing to make a deal with you, if you think about it, Gordon, just think about the last four-year number one draft picks of the New York Jets. Would you give up those four guys to get Sam to get to Sean Watson? Absolutely. The only guy that's worth anything out of all of it really was Jamal Adams. Leonard Williams wasn't a, a bad pick, but if you go through the last four draft number one draft picks of the Jets, you'd give up every one of them to get to Sean Watson. I give them four number one picks with no problem to this year, to next year, no doubt for Deshaun Watson. He's a game changing, organizational changing quarterback. You just said it. He makes them instantly. Do I want to be six and ten? No, that's not the ultimate goal. But he makes them instantly six and ten, nine and seven with this current roster. They were lousy this year, and they could have been five and eleven. And and he he brings instant credibility. He's twenty five. You make the deal. My question to you is, Gordon, and you just said it. As a Dolphin fan, do you want the Jets? No, Sean Watson. No, of no course not. Way. What am I crazy? So you are the ultimate person. Answering that question, that means there's something to it. He will bring what we need. Now you surround him. God, please give me this gentleman. I take him with open arms. Give them whatever they want within reason. That's yeah. what I need to say. And look, Danny, and thanks for the call. I appreciate all the kind words. I don't want to pay anything more than I have to, but think about if you got Deshaun Watson, right? Like you're saying, oh, you know, people will say, well, if you got him, you got nothing, you have no picks, you, get, you, you, you don't have any other ways to, to improve the team. Well, you have all this cap space, right? How, do you think that the, the Jets as a destination are more appealing or less appealing if they have Deshaun Watson? Or do you think that they're more appealing with Deshaun Watson, Sam Darnold, or Zach Wilson? Which one, which, which, which one of these is not like the others? Which one of these does not belong? Yeah, it's, they're more appealing with Deshaun Watson. I know exactly what that guy is. And think about the good feeling you already have this offseason, right? You got rid of the old coach. <laughs> Thumbs up there. That had to happen. You brought in Salah, who looks like, from all 
reviews. I get it. We could go into the season and it won't be turn out to be the truth. But I mean, it, according to everyone within the league, they seem to really like that hiring. And of all the hirings this offseason, that seems to be, at least in the conversation, is the number one hiring. So you got good feelings there. Now, all of a sudden, you're talking about you trust Joe Douglas, you like the coach, and then you bring in Deshaun Watson. That's the best offseason the Jets would have had maybe ever. Maybe ever. And you are, you're saying, well, you know, I don't know. I don't want to give up a third pick. I don't want to give up the 27th pick in the first round. I don't know. I don't want to give up the Quinn and Williams. Are you crazy? Do it today. Get it done. Now, I don't think it's going to happen because the, the Texans are inept. He's got a no-trade clause. Although I will say this. Like, if you're, you know, we made a lot about that no-trade clause. If the Texans ever finally say, you know what, we're going to trade you, you'd have to think that if it's going to take so long that unless the team that they're going to trade him to is just terrible, he'd probably just say yes at the first team. Like, like as long as it's within the, the Overton window of accept, uh, acceptability you would think that he'd probably just jump at the chance. So it really doesn't matter like where his number one destination is or what the team is that necessarily wants him the most. It's all about, you know, what can the Texans get? And if they come to him and finally say, okay, we've got this deal. Is this good by you? Well, then I think he'd probably jump at the chance. Are we done already? The show's up? Oh, no. That would be a weird time to end the show at 420. Although, I might, never mind, better not go there. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Back to the phones we go, and we go to the one, the only, Omar in Brooklyn. Omar, my friend. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Gordon. I'm, I'm okay, glad now to hear you're not I, running the stairs before calling, unlike the other night when yes. you called up the Larry okay. I'm very, very relaxed. Like uh, after I've uh, been last night, a blowout, okay. Now the option is, uh, I wanted to see Obi Toppin, so we'll get the chance for four to six weeks when Mitchell Robinson's out. He'll get a little bit more minutes, so we will see what it is. Uh, as every uh, Nick fan I've uh, been talking about, uh, okay, I will agree. I will not do anything and let uh, those two picks where it becomes and when the draft day comes in, I go up in the playoff this year with this team, with Julius Rando. We have a team option. We don't trade. And we get the picks and we have a draft day. When the free agency, before the draft day, free agency hits, I am telling you, it is not, if this team makes the playoff, this young team, and LA Clippers doesn't make it to the NBA Finals or win the title, it's... Uh, Quiet Leonard is very, very upset. He's focused right now, but whenever he's losing, he is—he uh, never shows expression. But right now, he is showing his—he uh, has a—he uh, has his option. He can opt out, mm-hmm. like Kevin Durant. I think Quiet Leonard is getting out of Clippers if they don't win, and he is so weird person that nobody knows him. But he wants to win so bad to prove another title. And this young team makes the playoff, and you have money next year. 
Let me get this straight. Let me let me take let me let me and I go for let me connect the dots here. With my two picks, the lottery picks that they are, uh, like one pick probably lottery, one pick uh, first round, Mm -hmm. and all the picks keep it and Mm -hmm. go with all the timetable. This I will say, any other team in this league will not be that young. And a superstar comes in with that team, the same like Cleveland Cavaliers. LeBron came in, and yeah. that is the team. Quiet Leonard will not be a Clipper next year if they don't win the championship. So if they that don't win the championship and the huh? Knicks make the playoffs, Omar in Brooklyn's prediction is that Kawhi Leonard will leave there. Mr. Load Management himself. I, 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 to I told Knicks you one thing about Derrick Rose, remember? Derrick Rose is available six weeks ago. Uh, Derrick Rose is available for yes. Dennis Smith Jr. Yes. And you laughed at it. Oh, Dennis Smith Jr. Dennis Smith Jr. Derrick Rose is an upgrade. Yes. And now uh, I just heard there is rumors that San Antonio has given the Knicks get DeMar Rosen for Julius Randle. DeMar DeRozan yeah, for Julius Randle. I'm skeptical. Uh, uh, Julius Randle is playing to the highest level. Can yes, he sustain no, it? But I, I just want to make sure that we have this on the record. You believe that if the Clippers uh, is it don't get to the finals and the Knicks yes. make the playoffs, Kawhi Leonard, NBA superstar, is going to leave L.A. and come to the He's Knicks. He's going to leave L.A. But, okay. uh, but uh, wait a second. You a seem to be hinting that he's going to come Clipper. to the Knicks. What is the Knicks' point of this? The, the Knicks' point is that that out of all the free agents, and he's such a weird person, Yes. This is Omar the best Brooklyn is calling Kawhi available weird. This is a to the shoot. Knicks. He will go to the Knicks. He will choose Knicks as a free agent. He if will he, choose the Knicks. LA Clippers does it. That's what I'm saying. Okay, that's what you're saying. All right, Omar. Well, uh, I appreciate the call. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. You, you, never, you never know what you're going to get with Omar. Sometimes you get excited, Omar. Sometimes you get mellow, Omar. Sometimes you always get out there, Omar. I don't think, look, I, I like the way the Knicks are going. I would hope that after this season, playoffs, not playoffs, that they will be able to find that uh, transcendent super. I, how, who would you not, how would you not want Kawhi Leonard on your team? I mean, that would be fantastic. I'm not going to get my hopes up. I'm not going to get my hopes up. All right, let's see if we can get back on track here because we got a little sidetracked there. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Let's go out to, uh, is it Lonnie on Long Island? Lonnie, what's going on, my man? Yes, sir. Hello, Gordon. How are you? I'm good, man. What's up? Well, I'm going to get back to the Jets. Sure, do it. I've, Sam Donald, good dude, nice person, nothing personal. He's not the answer for the Jets. I've seen him for three years. He's not that guy. He's not going to take us to the promised land. I, I want Deshaun Watson. I will give up. Two first rounders this year, and two two next year. Or I want to keep that two pick because I want one of them receivers that's in there this year. But if we can't do that, I trade Sam Donald and get what, another draft pick, something high. Then I'm I'm going to get rid of Donald no matter what. He's not the answer. I, if I can't get Deshaun Watson, I'm going to go for the kid, um, uh, uh, NYU. He's NYU. Been, he, you mean BYU? Right now. The kid at NYU, I, I, I don't Trevor think that he would play in the NFL. But Trevor Lawrence is out. So yes, he's out. Now, we got to get rid of Donald. He's not the answer. He's just, he just don't have it. We went 2-14. and 14. The, last three, the last three years was horrible. I don't want to see no more. I've seen enough. 
I want to move on. I, I look, Alani, I, I agree with you. And it would be nice if you didn't Houston have to make them. the decision this year. But the problem is, is with the amount of options, you're never going to have an option, uh, an offseason where there's this many options, right? You have the second pick in the draft. Quarterbacks are yes. seemingly available left and right. And you, yes. can, you can trade your guy and get more picks. You have a ton of picks. So I think yes. that this is the offseason where you have to decide on the quarterback for long term. We have to move. I don't want to. I'm not paying Sam Donald twenty five, thirty million. He's not that guy. He's just. He's not my future. So I'm not yeah. going to waste time no more. Yeah. We wasted I, I three years that already. Bet. I'm yeah. done. I mean, look, he might go someplace else and be far better. I mean, it would not be all, all that surprising, right? Getting away from Adam Gase. We've seen other offensive players yeah. thrive once they've got Adam Gase. Adam Gase was the problem, yes. But I've seen things with Sam Donald. I don't want to see no more. Yeah. I've, I've seen enough. You can't enough. take that chance. I agree with you. I've seen enough. All right, Lonnie. You had something on the Super Bowl? That, well, and the Super Bowl, yes. Also, I think the referees were horrible. It was, like, one-sided. How do you have, like, 11, 13 penalties on one side, only three on the other? I, I mean, it don't even balance close. I mean, Kansas well, they, City's but, not I that mean, bad. At the end of the on, day, they don't have to be close. It just has to be whether or not they're penalties or not. That's true, too. I've seen – I seen Tampa Bay holding doing the same thing, but they weren't called. Yeah. Now when they when that trip they collided, the two legs got together, they ran into each other, their feet got tangled. That's not a penalty. Yeah. Well, look, Lonnie, and thanks for the call. I, I think that the story of the Super Bowl was that the Buccaneers were just better. Uh, I, I, look, I picked the Chiefs. I thought the Chiefs were going to roll the offensive line. I knew it was going to be somewhat of an issue because uh, of the, lo- the loss of Fisher, the left tackle. I never thought that it would be that much of an issue. I don't think anybody thought it was going to be that much of an issue because, geez, Louise, they couldn't block. A, I mean, they couldn't stop a, a sneeze uh, on, on Super Bowl Sunday. So that was uh, a complete disaster. And you know what? You know, it's gotten kind of lost in the fact that the uh, offensive line for the Chiefs was so bad. The defense stunk, too. I mean, they, the Bucks were just a better team. So, yes, the, the officiating did not help. Um, not having a plan B or, or not trying to uh, change your game plan in any way. The coaching of the Chiefs did not help. But at the end of the day, the Bucks were just a far better team on that day. And uh, I did not think that that was going to be the case. The Chiefs, even with all the injuries in the offensive line, you know, they dealt with that pretty much all season and were able to, you know, flip the switch. They tried to flip the switch, and the, uh, the light bulb was out uh, on Super Bowl Sunday. So, yeah, rough way for things for them to go. But uh, the Buccaneers, you know, I heard an amazing stat about Tom Brady, and I think we're all kind of <clears throat> done with the, the, the Brady love, right? Like, after they win the Super Bowl, you have to, to give props to the guy who's got seven Super Bowl titles. But the, the factoid that I, I saw during the week, do you realize that Brady, and I brought this up to, uh, to Larry during the week, so if, I, if you heard it then, I apologize, but since Brady won his third Super Bowl, Calvin Johnson, Megatron, was drafted, played his entire career, retired, and was elected to the Hall of Fame by the time Brady won his seventh. I mean, that, and, and keep in mind, three Super Bowl titles is more than, I think, all but three quarterbacks in the Super Bowl era. Like, only three quarterbacks have won three or more Super Bowls, not including Brady. So, uh, I mean, from the point that he won his third Super Bowl to his seventh Super Bowl, a Hall of Fame, first ballot Hall of Fame receiver, drafted, played his entire career, retired, and was inducted to the Hall of Fame, and Brady is still going strong. Amazing. One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six.
Lots of stuff to do here. We'll get into the baseball in the uh, third hour, but uh, more of your phone calls on the uh, Jets offseason. And and I I think I touched on this already. That's the reason why you have to make the call now. Like for all the people who are talking about, well, you know what? Keep Sam for a year and, uh, you know, use all the picks on, on other things. Maybe take the second pick and trade down, get another couple of picks there, maybe things for the future. And then you really kind of bring the team to well look and, and I'm, I'm sure that there is going to be a a bounce back factor wherever if Sam's here if he's someplace else just it's almost impossible for him wherever he is to go to a less uh, or a more dysfunctional situation that he's already dealt with so I'm sure that next year he will have some level of improvement I don't know what level of improvement that will be but the problem with that is is that right now is when you have all the options open. I know that the quarterbacks this year, it doesn't seem like next year you're going to go and, and have the, the quarterback roulette that you're going to have this year again. You're not, you would hope, not going to have the second pick in the draft again. So you kind of have to make that decision now. Now, again, if you don't love one of the quarterbacks at two, okay, don't take one, you know, move down and stockpile things for next year. But you'd really like to. First year with the coach, you don't want to have to then go next year, all right, now we're going to bring in a new quarterback. All the new stuff you want to get out of the way here. The coach, the quarterback, and away you go. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go out to uh, Richard is in Manhattan. Richard, what's going on, buddy? Gordon, I love the way the Knicks are playing. I love them. They are so exciting to watch, and they're lovable players. Now, the season is about 40% over. They were 12 and 15. Do you realize that the Knicks have a better record than one of the finalists in NBA Finals last year, the Miami Heat? Yeah. That's unbelievable to me. The Knicks, everyone says you need stars, stars to win. The Knicks have no stars. Let's start with the Chicago Bulls. Zach Levine, he's a star, right? Nick's got I don't a better think he record. is a star. I think he is a star kind of talent. I don't know if he, okay. he's a star, but Atlanta. he's not a superstar. Let's put it Okay, Knicks have a better record than Chicago. Atlanta, yes. Trey Young, you'd call him a star. Yes. Knicks have a better record. Miami, you'd call Jimmy Butler a star, right? Knicks have yeah. a better record. Let's go to Washington. Bradley Beal and Russell Bra- Westbrook, right? They're two stars. Knicks have a better record. Let's go to New Orleans. Zion Williamson, Lonzo Ball, you'd call them stars, wouldn't you? Yep. Yep. Knicks have a better record. How about Minnesota? Carl Anthony Towns. Knicks have a better record. Let's go to Cleveland. You'd call that kid Sexton. He's a star, or at least a well, budding star. I don't star. know I'd call him. That All right, okay. No, we'll go that one, Richard. All right, Orlando, that kid Vukovic scored 42 last night. Yeah. You'd call him a star. I think this, Knicks the have a better record. So I don't think it's true that you need stars. You have a good coach, in, a great coach, actually, and you have players. I hope they give this team a chance to build within. You know, And I like that call you got before from the guy that says uh, uh, that the, the Jets should stay and do it the right way. Listen, the Jets went to two championship games with uh, Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez! That's because they had all the pieces around him. I mean, I'm not saying Deshaun Watson wouldn't get them to a championship game. But what you'd have to give up for them and mortgage him. I mean, Houston's going to hold out for the world. And I don't blame them. And I don't think the the Jets should be suckers. But as far as the Knicks go, Gordon, I just love the way they're playing now. 
that this is going to be an opportunity for other guys. Maybe Taj Gibson will take up some of the minutes. Uh, you know, Noel will come in, and maybe Obi will start playing maybe 22, 24 minutes a game. So I'd like to see them do it within, and uh, I, I just love the way they're playing. And Derek Rose, by the way, he's fit in very well the first two games, as I know Thibodeau would have him fit in. So I just think the Knicks should stay the course. Gordon okay, well, look, Richard, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you, and thanks for the call. I, I don't think you have to push all the chips into the center of the table, uh, and you do have to have a, a team around them. And I don't know necessarily that anybody's saying if you just simply get a star, you automatically become a, a winning team. But to unless you have that star, your ceiling is not going to be that of the teams that do have those stars. Uh, so I think you have to have that that superstar level talent to to. I mean, you just take a look at the the, the best teams in both conferences: uh, the Bucks, the Nets, the Sixers. They have star. You know, Embiid is a star player. Giannis is obviously a star player. The Nets, they have star players. The, the Jazz, he, Donovan Mitchell, he's a star player. LeBron with the legs, star player. Kawhi, star. So, uh, yeah, you, I mean, if you, you don't have to have star players necessarily to be a winning team. And just because you have one or two doesn't mean that you don't need anything else around them. But, yeah, I think to, to be in the conversation as a legitimate contender for something, not just to make the playoffs, I think you do. Uh, and the NBA is a star-driven league. It's the, le- it's the one league where stars have to win big, right? Like, you, you can go through people in baseball. Mike Trout. I mean, he is the best player. He has been the best player in baseball for a very long time. He has not come close to winning basically anything. You could have players in the NFL who are star players, but because the, the the aspect of how the game is, you know, eleven on eleven, it's it's very difficult to have one transcendent player who overcomes all the other obstacles from you know the other side of the ball and from your own offense. NBA five on five, yes, stars matter. So yeah, you do have to. Eventually, you will have to find a star. Now that doesn't mean you have to go and, and trade for one. Doesn't mean you have to sign one, but you got to find one somewhere. Let's put it that way. Well, let's go to Buddha is in the Bronx. Buddha, what's going on, my man? Hey, what's going on, Gordon? How you doing, bro? I'm feeling good, man. What's up? Hey, listen. Um, remember you were talking to Uncle Larry the other day after I spoke to you. You said you, um, you didn't know what I wanted to do for the Jets. Yeah. You know, obviously, man, like my first choice would be Watson. But let's go yes. on the premise, which we are right now, where we don't have him. and we Let's we take him out of the conversation because that's an easy one, right? Right. So now um, there's two options I have. Like it was a gentleman that called you earlier in the first hour. He was talking about a veteran quarterback. There's two options I have, and they kind of go in both of those routes. Um, first option, to be honest with you, I really wanted the Jets to draft Fields. I felt like, you know, Lawrence right now is more polished than him and, you know, has played with much better skilled players. But I think down the road in three years, you know, the arm talent is similar and then Fields' wheels, is, uh, uh, you know, they're exceptional compared to Lawrence. And I think that's where the quarterback position is going. That's kind of what I really would have wanted. But, you know, I tell you definitely, the, the two options I want don't have anything to do with Sam Donald coming back or Zach Wilson. You know, Zach Wilson, as we discussed before, he's little, and that competition he played against, I don't trust it. Okay. I would bring back Bridgewater if I could for the for a year, you know, and have because you know what we want to do really is keep the players, the picks, and the, and the free agency um, money we have. Let's seize the salad, you know, make that defense the way he wants to, and build the team the way he wants to. And then still just have something competent at quarterback, which we have to admit, we haven't had that in three years. You can pay Bridgewater absolutely nothing. They don't really want him in Carolina. 
you bring him in, and if you grab Fields behind him, Fields could sack. Like the guy was talking, I forgot his name, but first, like in the first hour, the guy said, have him sit for a while. He doesn't have to sit the whole year. He could sit like the first eight games or whatever, and let them cheat around, but like, you know, you know, five and six or whatever, you know, four and eight, and then bring him in. But if they don't do that, I still think they could not draft a quarterback, and then, like, we can figure out who's going to be available the year after that. You can um, still have a Bridgewater. Keep all of your picks. Keep you know, get the linemen you want. Get get the um the defensive players you want. Sign whoever you want to. Sign. If you have a a team assembled with a lot of talent and a good defense, a guy like Bridgewater will keep you afloat. You know, and I think like a new coach coming in needs something like that. But as a dark horse, and this is a, a true dark horse, and this will be based on like all kinds of psychological investigations or whatever kind of work you'd have to do behind the scenes. I would pull um what's his name, James Winston. From um, the Saints, I would yeah. really have a deep, um, like, research into where his head is at. You know, has he got rid of the horny goat weed and all, <laughs> and eating his fingers and all that other kind of nonsense? Right. If his head is in the right place, I would take a flyer on him for a year. Or, or you know, you could pay him peanuts and put yeah, it all well, incentive Yeah, I mean, he's, he has he's a looking lot for a starting job somewhere. It doesn't seem like it, it, it's a very good possibility it's going to come with the uh, the Saints. Uh, Bridgewater is signed for two more years. He signed a three-year deal with Carolina for $63 million, $33 million of it is guaranteed. So it's not, you know, a quarterback dollar. You could get him with a fourth-round pick, though. They don't want him. You could clearly hit him. Uh, well, they do, they do want to. It does seem him. like they're one of the teams that's very uh, – they've not made the playoffs in a while. Their owner is very aggressive. He wants to be kind of all in this offseason. So that that's a team that's probably – Probably going to get mentioned a lot in terms of trading up uh, and mm-hmm. either getting Zach Wilson or Justin Fields. There's been a lot of talk about that already. Yeah, I think you could probably get Teddy Bridgewater. It's not the worst thing in the world. You know, the only problem is, is that what you're basically saying is, okay, this is a stopgap. And the biggest decision what I'm I, saying I, is, that I have to make as a new head coach them. and a new front office is uh, we're going to push this down the road. But listen, they have the eighth pick, right? If you Carolina, trade yeah. back with them, you're going to get more than just the eighth pick. If they want oh, yeah. to save it, like I mean, you would really talk probably. So I would bad. think that moving from, from two Wilson. to eight would Let give you an it. extra one and probably either a two or a three at least. And it, listen, you build salary. You give him a, a T. I'm telling you, in the in NFL, it seems like it takes a long time to turn around. But the schedule that they're going to have next year is not going to be a top schedule. You get them extra picks. You're going to get picks for Sam. That's a given. You know you're getting rid of him. You're going to get him for at least a second mm-hmm. or a third round for him. Then you get an extra – I don't know what their picks are that Carolina has. If Joe Douglas would be, you know, the kind of person that would work that thing. But if you get – let's say you get another two second-round picks out of moving from just two to eight, still get a good player at that eight. Next oh, yeah. season, you could have an eight and eight, nine and 17. If you have a quarterback who's, like, halfway competent, listen, don't just talk about Sam Donald. I, I Listen, whether you're a nice guy, whether you you know you did the right things or not, he is not a good quarterback. It's uh, these are what I've seen, and definitely not here. It's been too much yeah. burnt herb. You got to yeah. move on. You yeah, have I, to move on. Yeah, Buddha, and I agree with you on that one. Yeah, I, I don't think that you can. And thanks for the call. I don't think that you can push the the decision down the road when you have this many options at your disposal. You know. Like yes, there there's a the, there's a, a a path right where you trade down from two, you move to say eight, you stockpile, you get more picks there. The only problem with that is that okay, yeah, the team is going to be better, but then there's still the number one thing on the list to do: find that quarterback who's going to take you deep into the playoff. You're still going to be looking for that. So and and you're not going to have more options than you have this off season. 
I mean, think about all the quarterbacks who are being mentioned as possibly available. You have the second pick in the draft. You have all this money to spend. I think that this is the time to, to figure out which way you want to go and go with it. And I, I know right now it seems like – I think that what Todd McShay, when he gave his mock draft about the Jets at two with, um, with Zach Wilson, I think he was just saying that, that he projects that Wilson Moore is going to be the second quarterback off the board more so than necessarily that, that the Jets were going to definitely be that team. But I think that this is the offseason – that you have to find out about the quarterback because, yeah, you, you'll be able to uh, add areas uh, around the team, right? Like if you move to eight and you got another first-round pick, you got other picks in future years, you can definitely build up the talent, and the talent definitely needs to be built up. Nobody is questioning that, but then it becomes harder and harder to find a way to a franchise franchise quarterback. If you're picking in the middle of the first round, it's harder to find that guy. You're going to have to move. Then you are going to have to move number one picks to move up. And it seems like, uh, you know, if you're not moving number one picks for Deshaun Watson, I don't know who you're going to be moving number one picks for. This is 98.7 ESPN.